faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. I want to take this moment to welcome in the regular listeners from CBN News' Daily Rundown podcast. We join forces with them, and each and every Wednesday, the 4 and 3 podcast will be featured on the Daily Rundown. Glad everyone's here. Well, today's Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. I'm Dan Andros, and coming up on the podcast today, the pandemic is over. According to a Johns Hopkins professor who spoke to CBN News, and peaceful protesters gather around a prison to support jailed Canadian pastor. And RIP women, the Olympics have gone full woke, and Ron DeSantis says he'll put on the full armor of God to fight leftism. So joining me is Trey Gon Phillips from faithwire.com to break down these stories and more. Trey, how's it going? Good, and I'm glad to be back so that we can we can talk about the pandemic being over, yes. the, the canceling of women, <laughs> like of biological women, uh, and then more Ron DeSantis news, because why not get a head start on 2024? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're so you're, what you're saying to me is that you're just so glad that the peace and respite you had on vacation is over, and now you've got to focus on all of the most pressing and biting things going on in society today. Is that... Uh, is that what you're putting down yes, there? Yes, yeah. what? Yeah. You know, I, I was only gone for a week, but a week with no anxiety is just, is no fun. You, no. It's just, it's too long. <laughs> well, we got plenty of that today. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's dive right in. Um, but I mean, we're starting with some good news. Uh, yes. While some are still trying to peddle COVID fear, you may have noticed that people are pretty much getting back to normal. You got the NBA playoffs are on. Uh, with packed houses, full crowds, you get concerts, festivals are kind of opening back up. You know, less and less people are wearing masks. And now medical professionals are signaling that the end is near. Uh, here's CBN's Jenna Browder uh, uh, just uh, this week. Check this out. Now the pandemic is really over. This from one of the medical field's most respected voices, Dr. Marty McCary, professor at Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. The number of daily cases of COVID are 150th the number of daily cases of flu in the middle of a mild flu season. So there you go. We got a uh, Johns Hopkins you know, professor saying that the pandemic is over. That was in an interview there with Jenna Browder on CBN News. You can check out the whole thing over on the CBN News a YouTube page, but um, Macri says also that uh, experts, medical experts, got it wrong with natural immunity, and mm-hmm. he highlights why in his latest Wall Street Journal article. He said it's one of the biggest failures of our medical establishment to dismiss natural immunity. Uh, he pointed to two new studies that show its efficacy. He said it works, it's durable, you may not need the vaccine, and it's probably long-lasting, it's probably lifelong. And so with more than 60% of adult Americans fully vaccinated, he says that roughly half of those unvaccinated have natural immunity, which explains why we're at herd immunity now and cases are plummeting. And so if you haven't looked at the daily cases lately, um, there were just over 7,000 in all of America on June 21st, the last day they've they've got that number updated uh, over on the COVID tracking website right now on the CDC. That's only an average for just if you don't want to whip out the calculator. It's about 140 cases per state. So out of, you know, 
hundreds of millions of people in the country and millions in each state, only 140 cases per state. So yes, I mean, I think it's safe to say that the pandemic is basically over at this point. Um, RIP COVID, <laughs> you ruined us for about 15 months or so. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, so why does it matter? We know the left and right have, have been playing political hot potato with this for, for some time now, but um, those fights are probably going to continue. But the one thing we can keep an eye on here is to see, uh, well, a couple things to keep an eye on. One, to see if the quest to find the origins of COVID continues, because we know China has yeah. not been truthful from the from jump. So what, whatever happened, um, you know that people, given the gravity of how far and wide this, this pandemic spread, there's going to be huge implications for kind of whoever dropped the ball on this thing. Um, so... But we need to find the answer because, you know, we, we've got to know. I mean, in order to prevent things in the future, you got to know what happened. You, you can't think it was a bat if it wasn't a bat. Um, so, right. you know, if it was a bat, great. But we'd like to know the answer to that question. And, you know, it's and so someone needs to hold China accountable to help get some actual transparency as to what happened. So um, or so are we going to continue that quest or is it going to go quietly away and people as people lose interest and move on in their life? So. Uh, so we have that, and then how how long are people going to cling on to wearing masks and and kind of panicking over this whole thing? Um, I mean, you're seeing more and more of it. Trey, you said you were in Florida on your vacation. Um, you know, I haven't gone out of state, but I've just noticed Pennsylvania has been one of those states where everybody was wearing masks everywhere you went, and and now it's just kind of that's going away. I would say it's extreme minority now that are wearing masks. So yeah. a couple things to look out for here as we go forward with COVID. Yeah, so like you said, I was in Orlando, and you know that, that Prince song, Party Like It's 1999? <laughs> yeah. So in, in in Orlando, they're partying like it's 2019. Like <laughs> you, I, you couldn't, it was just virtually, COVID was virtually like non-existent. There yeah. were you know, a handful of people here and there who had masks on, and that's fine if they want to do that, whatever. Um, but the vast majority of people were just didn't have masks. There yeah. was, I went to a, Dis, a Disney park and there was hardly any social distancing. People were just everywhere. Uh, so, but I think most likely so many people are vaccinated by now or they've had COVID, yeah. but it's like, there's just a natural immunity. I think uh, that the that yeah. doctor was talking about the Johns Hopkins doctor was talking about, uh, and, and so many others have talked about, I think that's why I get really frustrated with the news when they'll, uh, it's like this cycle that just keeps repeating over and over again. Like uh, we we need to be outraged and they tell us why we need to be outraged. Like at the beginning <laughs> right. of COVID happening uh, and then the outrage proves to be, a, you know, an overreaction. So we all kind of calm down and then they realize we're calming down. So yeah. there's a new variant. We need to be outraged. So then we right. get outraged all over again. And then we find out, oh, we didn't really need to be outraged. So I'm wondering when that cycle is just going to break. Like we're, we're talking about the Delta variant now. Uh, when, when is this outrage just going going to break that you know all of these these issues that have proved to be deadly have ended up not being as catastrophic uh, as they were projected to be certainly there was reason to be cautious especially early on uh, but the more and more we find out and certainly more than a year yeah. a year in yeah uh, the outrage just seems to be completely overblown i mean so many americans are vaccinated you reference the case numbers being way 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 down across pretty much every demographic mm. in every state uh, so it just seems like just use common sense and don't get outraged anymore. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think at some point, because I saw like the ads are still, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the ads on television are still sort of lingering. And I saw one where it was, you know, these feel good ads, which personally, this is yeah. my, just my personal opinion, always drove me nuts because 
even if we had to do those things like social distance or wave at someone through a plexiglass, you know, that's in the hospice or whatever the case might be. Um, I didn't want you to make me like love this and think it was an all shucks moment. It's it's sad yeah. that people had to do this stuff. And I know people who lost loved ones and weren't able to see them in their dying days because right. of COVID restrictions. And um, and so but that stuff is still lingering on. Like I saw an ad where they were like it was like some beer ad and the people are walking by each other and they show them like walking opposite sides of the hallway as if it was some like heartwarming thing of people trying to get along together. It's like the, those ads, if I'm in those companies, I'm like, you need to take those down. I mean, people are at yeah. stadiums. They're doing things together like that. You don't need to do that anymore. The 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 vaccine worked. Like this doctor said, he, you know, herd immunity is working. Uh, the cases are plummeting. So there's no reason yeah. for that stuff. So stop forcing on me. On me. I, I, you know, so I think those things will start to come around faster and faster, but it's starting to. Yeah. So, yeah. And I agree with that. I mean, there's just no reason to like this, the whole situation stinks and it was not like ever really that great. So stop romanticizing it. Right. It just right. ends up being a, a big eye roll while I'm sitting like, okay, can <laughs> yes. I get back to my show now? I didn't want to see this course. Right, no. anyway. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> uh, but so while Florida is like completely open, Dan, I, in Canada, this is for okay. story number two. All right, here we go. In in Canada, it's still like it's April of 2020. Uh, so a large group of protesters, a blend of allies and fellow church members and Christian ministers, they gathered outside of the Calgary Remand Center in Alberta over the weekend in, uh, in a show of solidarity for a pastor who was arrested uh, last week uh, and is in jail uh, because he was leading outdoor worship services. I, we've told this story with a few other pastors in Canada, and it just never it never gets normal to me to read no. the story. It's crazy. Uh, but so the, the pastor's name is Tim Stevens. He leads Fairview Baptist Church. He was arrested for the second time, like I said, last Monday after authorities in a police helicopter discovered the secret outdoor location where his congregation had been gathering since law enforcement officials took over their building and locked it up. Uh, we've talked about Grace Life. Uh, church pastor James Coates before he's the preacher who was in jail for 35 days because he held church services in violation of Alberta's health orders. He was also at the protest over the weekend. Uh, he said Canada is, quote, losing its entire identity and everything that we've enjoyed in this country to this point is being systematically and fundamentally redefined. He went on to say this country, the whole Western civilization as we know it, is being systematically altered and we're all going to do and, and we're all going to do in the meantime is proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The whole thing is going to come down and we're going to claim Christ all the way to the grave. We're going to preach the gospel to all those who hate him and hate us, and we're going to appeal to them to reconcile to God and may God work through his grace by our preaching to reconcile hearts to himself. So still trying to use use all this as a, as a way to reach people for the gospel, which like we've written at Faithwire and talked about on here, he's been doing that since day one, mm. uh, you know, trying to use all this negative as, as a way to point people to Jesus. Uh, but as far as politically, he said he believes that Canada is dying and is on life support, uh, meaning it's just not the country that he grew up in. 
Uh, so what's the left saying? Well, many on the left in the U.S. and in Canada uh, were and are supportive of, of some of these far-reaching measures, even on churches. Uh, government officials in the U.S. and in Canada have argued that following all the restrictions is how a person loves their neighbor, uh, You know, referring to, to New Testament scripture. So what's the right saying? Well, Tim Stevens' brother, Trevor, who's also a pastor, he actually called out one of the police officers who arrested his brother. Uh, he said one of the officers who was there took a passage of scripture from the book of Mark out of context. The cop justified his actions against Stevens by telling the pastor that he needed to, quote, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Oh, God. Trevor, though... Yeah, Trevor said that the officer left off the second half of that verse uh, when Jesus told the religious leaders who were at the time, the, the authorities, uh, that they need to also render to God the things that are God's, mm. meaning his church. Uh, so conservatives and Christians have overall been been pretty wary of these kinds of restrictions, uh, particularly when they step on religious liberty and end up with a pastor being behind bars. Yeah. Uh, so why does it matter? We're more than a year removed from from when this pandemic began, like Dan and I just just talked about. We know a lot more. Uh, So many people are vaccinated. Uh, Churches have been meeting safely for months and months now. And it's just awful to me to realize that there are pastors actually being not only arrested, but put in jail. Uh, And not just for what they're preaching, even though that would be a problem in and of itself, but just for preaching at all. For preaching yeah. anything is 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 wrong and dangerous, all in the name of keeping people safe. So as believers, I think we need to be praying for our fellow Christians in Canada, uh, but also for wisdom for the, the government officials there to realize that what they're doing is wrong. And Dan, I know you mentioned to me earlier what the, the number of cases is in Canada. Do you remember? Like, it's super low. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring that up here in this conversation. They have a grand total. Of 627 COVID cases yesterday in Canada, they have a population of about 300, I'm sorry, 38 million people. So, so it's, it's honestly, it's tracking because I mean, America has got what, 350 million people ish, something like that. So yeah, you times that we're about 10 times, you know, we have 10 times the population and our daily cases were like 7,000. And so that's about 10 times that. So it's tracking about the same. Uh, and yet they're throwing people in jail. I mean, that. I mean, honestly, that sentence you uh, kind of went through describing what had happened with a police helicopter that's discovering secret outdoor locations for church. I mean, this sounds like something that would happen in North Korea and yeah. something that people and still I wouldn't just, even believe. It sounds movie-ish, you know? It's, it's, yeah. it's cartoonish. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's Canada. If I'm in Canada, I'm just like, I'm out of here. I mean, I'd be getting out of there yeah. ASAP. And I just, I, I, I watched the video of the pastor being arrested and just seeing oh, his kids literally weeping. I mean, they're crying because they're watching their dad be put into an armored police SUV that's got bars on the windows. And, uh, and it's just like, he's being carted off like a criminal, yeah. like, you know, who's done this, this egregious wrong. And no, all he was doing was preaching to his church that was meeting outdoors Yes, in, a, mean, in a place, like you said, that a police helicopter had to find like they're like, there's some sort of cult or some sort of like evil right. nefarious underground group. Like this sounds like a mission. Impossible That's like script. they're Al Qaeda, right? Like you're flying drones around looking for terror camps. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And then the, the mental scars and the damage they caused to those kids, because they were younger kids, uh, some of his kids. Yeah. They were probably, you know, six, seven, eight years old. And they're not going to understand, um, you know, that 
yeah, you can get carted off even though it's absurd. It's not like like to them, it's like, oh, my gosh, my dad's getting arrested. Like that's that's I mean, that's going right. to traumatize them enormously. And then the officer was uh, the female officer was speaking to his wife, the pastor's wife. And she's like, you just need to keep taking this as far as you can take it. And she's like, how far am I going to take it till till I'm put in jail, too? And then my kids are what do, and then what happens to my kids? Like, what are you talking about? How far? I, this is ridiculous. Um, so, oh I mean, I, you know, you, you just wonder at what point as an officer up there, do you say, look, enough is enough. I am not going to arrest a pastor for this. Like, stop right. it. Stop it. You go arrest them. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Yeah. Get somebody else to do it. I mean, and I just think that is, that's, that's time and valuable resources that yeah. could go to actually fighting real crime, uh, yeah. that, that might be going on. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So yeah, definitely be praying for them up there. And, um, for sure. Uh, you know, because that's that's just madness. And um, for all of our craziness, thankfully, we, we haven't gone qu- quite that far yeah. jumping the jumping the shark yet. So, all right, let's sure. uh, let's head into uh, story number number three here. And this one is uh, Laurel Hubbard, a biological male who identifies as female, um, is going to become the first openly transgender athlete to compete in the Olympics after New Zealand selected the 43-year-old to participate in the Tokyo Games. Now, it's always interesting to me how the media frames these as these heroic firsts, um, and maybe I'm just reading into it that way because I'm so used to the media having a slant, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't seem like something that necessarily we should be celebrating, especially if you're a fan of women. Uh, but Hubbard became eligible to compete as female back in 2015. After showing a testosterone level below uh, 10 nanomoles per liter, um, even though uh, Trey, you know, this, they keep saying that that well, if we just balance these things out, then it's all fair. But the science really isn't 100% settled here on this that it eliminates advantages doing these blockers. Um, yeah. there, there's been some studies done that have shown that the biological men still outperform women even after a year of testosterone bo- blockers. Uh, they did say that after a couple years, it gets them closer, but there still seems to be advantages. And there's definitely problems with the study because, you know, every time they do these studies over years time, they can't they haven't tracked like exact daily workout routines. You don't know who's working out harder. Maybe they're just being lazier in their workouts. And so then they come back and, you know, they're not do you know, they're not able to do as many push ups or whatever. So it's really hard to know 100 percent for certain if if those things are actually working. Um, right. which, which is problematic because, you know, they're trying to say that this is fair and now we're starting to see this in the Olympics. Um, but it seems like the easiest thing to do would just be to limit athletic competition to the biological sex that you're, you have, male or female, competing against each, other, against each other. But apparently apparently that's not enough. And, you know, they've rolled out the red carpet for Hubbard. Uh, the New Zealand Olympic Committee, the CEO there, Karen Smith, said that gender identity in professional sports is a highly sensitive and complex issue and noted that Hubbard has the support of the committee, which is dedicated to inclusion and respect for all. I guess that would include (laughs) biological women who maybe are, I mean, you know, of course no one has seemed to ask the other competitors how they feel about this. Um, Yeah. But uh, the New Zealand government has expressed support for Hubbard um, saying that Laurel's a member of the New New Zealand's Olympic team and we're proud of her, and as as we are of all our athletes, we'll be supporting her all the way. And Hubbard has said for years now that 
They have no advantage over biological females saying, I've heard, I've heard that. I think it's incredibly disrespectful to other competitors. I don't believe there's any fundamental difference between me and the other athletes. And to suggest there is, is slightly demeaning to them. And I mean, it's, it's demeaning to everyone else's intelligence to, to, to say that you have no advantage. I mean, since transitioning, Hubbard has dominated women's weightlifting uh, and, you know, has set four national weightlifting records for New Zealand um, and, you know, topped the former female top weightlifter in, in their weight class. And it should be noted, I mentioned it at the top, Trey, but Hubbard is 43. 43 years old. Most Olympic athletes, unless you're doing curling, where you don't have to be running faster than everyone else, uh, they're in their 20s. Sometimes a lot of times like gymnasts and things are even younger in their teens. Um, so yeah. it's absurd to suggest there's no advantage when you can just hop into the Olympics at age 43. Um, and so, you know, what's the left and right saying on this? Well, I mean, I think we've covered kind of the general tenor of this is that the left is sort of more pro the inclusion route. The right is saying, wait a minute, this isn't fair to women, biological women. Right. Um, and so why does it matter? It matters because, I mean, if this becomes a norm tray, I mean, what does this mean for women? I mean, how do I don't understand how proponents of, of these types of situations, you know, how would they define a woman in the first place? If it's just whoever thinks they're a woman, then you basically just take away the meaning of a woman. And, and what does that right. say about your yeah. respect and inclusion of women? Do you care about them or no? It would seem that allowing men, biological men, regardless of what mental issues they may have, to compete and destroy women at their at these sports seems like it only serves men to further dominate yeah. women in something where we've specifically carved out a specific sport for women so that they could compete knowing, I mean, the reason that's done, I mean, this is just so insane that we even have to say this. Because biological men generally are stronger and faster and do better at these sports than the average woman. So in order for them to have a fair playing ground, they compete against women. I mean, this is just common yeah. sense. And if we just keep going right. down this road, eventually you're just going to have no women competing. You're just going to have none. It's going to be all men. So anyway, uh, rant done. But, you know, it just doesn't <laughs> seem like this is very helpful to women. But yet everyone's celebrating it as this big win, this big first. Well, that's what J.K. Rowling said, tried to get her, people tried to get her canceled because she said that these kind of actions erase women. Uh, she was obviously lambasted by the left for right, that. Right. Uh, uh, Abigail Schreier said uh, that these kinds of policies and decisions eviscerate women's sports, uh, is what she said. And I was just, I, so Brett Favre today, he commented mm. on it. Uh, and he said that it's unfair, and it's unfair not just to women. It's unfair also to men because it gives them an unfair advantage. They're not being equally put against someone who's, you know, of equal caliber, like you were talking about, Dan. Uh, a biological male needs to compete against biological males, uh, and it's also uh, unfair, of course, to women because it's putting them at a at, at an unfair disadvantage by putting them at people who are, you know, almost always going to win over them yeah. just by 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 nature yeah um so i pulled up a study from december that was published in december by the british journal of sports medicine uh, and it it studied the the you know biological males who are on hormone treatment uh, transgender 
hormone treatment. And it said that even after that, after the suppression treatment, whatever that's, that's been required by the Olympic committee and all that stuff on the, on it for a year or more, the biological males who identified as, as female still had a 12% advantage in running yeah. a 10% advantage in push-ups and a 6% advantage in sit-ups. Uh, and they said that that data probably underestimates what it really is uh, because, you know, that doesn't account for, you know, the individual, you know, where they were just on their own before right. any yeah. sort of hormone treatment. Um, so they're saying that the numbers are actually probably higher than that. Uh, but this is just what we, what we gathered from the people, individual people we studied. Uh, so it just, it, it defies all common sense. Like you said, I, I don't even know why we are having, yeah. having this discussion. It's, it's insanity. It's insanity. And um, as Christians, you know, these are the sorts of things that you're going to be going against the grain uh, yeah. of society. You're going to be going against the grain on that. And so again, just be ready for this, you know, um, be the, be like the sons of Issachar who, you know, that you don't hear much about them in the Bible other than that. They were, <laughs> They were uh, men who understood the times, is what they said, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think you just gotta cling on to that for for this type of stuff, and just understand what you're going to be facing and, and how you're going to respond, because um, you know there's implications to this stuff, and and um, you know enabling it, uh, you know, and and the results it's going to have long term, you know, who knows, who knows what's going to yeah. happen, and um, uh, obviously none of it is. You know the gender stuff it conforms to anything really resembling biblical worldview. So, um, right. you know, it's only going to get tougher. You know, so just keep praying for that and keep uh, keep your eyes open. I guess. Yeah, for sure. All right, story number four. So. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said over the weekend (laughs) that he is prepared to put on the, quote, full armor of God uh, to fight against leftism. So he was speaking during the Faith and Freedom Coalition's Road to Majority Conference when he said he plans to lead the charge in fighting against leftist policies. Uh, So DeSantis told the crowd they have to put on the full armor of God, take a stand against the left's schemes, and face flaming arrows, but take up the shield of faith and fight on. Uh, So the governor was referencing a New Testament passage from the book of Ephesians when Paul told believers, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Uh, So DeSantis, who is pushed back against most COVID-19 restrictions and has condemned critical race theory, among other things, gave the speech just after he beat out former President Donald Trump in a new 2024 straw poll. So people have got their eyes on him for uh, for the presidency in 2024, and he certainly has that in mind mm-hmm. when he's delivering speeches like this. Uh, so what's the left saying? Well, several on the left were quick to argue that Jesus is actually politically left-leaning, <laughs> arguing he would support big government programs to solve society's problems. Uh, so said that uh, DeSantis my was hands wrong up, for My hands up over here, said. teacher. My hands up. I'll wait till you're done, but my hands up. <laughs> so, so what's the right saying? Well, there are some who were kind of uncomfortable with DeSantis using Paul's words in such an overtly political way mm. and kind of separating it from its spiritual context. But that said, most conservatives certainly agree with DeSantis' efforts to push back against leftist policies. And a lot of Christians do too, because they're seeing that some of these leftist things like critical race theory just fly in the face of scripture and what the gospel says. Uh, So, and also conservatives are just generally interested in what DeSantis says right now, (laughs) because he's an obvious, he's an obvious pick for for the GOP nomination in in 2024. So 
Why does it matter? Well, I think the gap between the left and the right is just going to keep growing wider and wider. And so is the gap between the Christian world and the secular culture, which I think is just increasingly hostile uh, toward biblical views on on any issues like like justice, sexuality, or you know, anything else. So as believers, I think we're going to need to to work at being okay uh, with that friction uh, that's going to exist and is going to get stronger without hardening ourselves to non-believers. Yeah. Uh, because so, we don't want to, we don't want to see those who aren't Christians as our enemies, uh, but we should see them as people created in God's image. But we also need to be clear about our convictions, where we fall on these issues, uh, what Scripture says about these issues, because people are looking for that clarity. I think yeah. more than ever right now, because uh, the world is just so confusing. So I think we need to communicate clearly and compassionately, and I don't think we can sacrifice either one in this day and age. Yeah, and um, I, I think you're right, and I think you're you touched on it. I, I think that. It's not that I understand what DeSantis is doing. And I think yeah. that there's a lot of things that come from the left, like like pro-abortion and and, you know, the a lot of the LGBT stuff, you know, that that obviously, you know, most Christians would agree, you know, don't conform and comport with the Bible. So I, I kind of understand where he's going there for there. But at the same time, um, it, because he's a politician and that just, you know, it's the same reason why you, we kind of great, you know, the guy that. You know, you quoted there on the left that was the people that are saying that, oh, well, Jesus was a socialist. Like, <laughs> like Jesus is above these political narratives. And so yeah. doing it on the right, like I can understand saying, hey, like, let's talk about this policy and how it goes against the Bible. But when you just try to paint yourself as like, well, we're the party of Jesus. Like, well, it's that doesn't work either because Jesus is above yeah. all of it. So, um, you know, you might you might think that Jesus aligns with one side more than the other and you might be right but i still there's still something quite a little off about trying to frame it in the republican democrat fight and like putting jesus in your political party it's just jesus is above that so it's it feels a little demeaning to i know he wasn't trying to do that um i I, I understand what he's talking about so but but i can understand how some people would be put off by that but but, you know, when you look at these people that arguing that the, the Jesus was actually politically left, it's just, <laughs> it's just laughable. I mean, there's just, yeah. you know, I, again, I'll never understand that one, Trey. I'll, the last thing I'll say here and hand it over. But, you know, the, the big thing is, well, Jesus is to feed the poor. Yeah, he did say to feed the poor, but he didn't say go give all your money to Caesar and then let Caesar feed the poor. He didn't say yeah. that. So right. I, that's nowhere in the Bible. So I don't know where they think that this you know lines up at all because it, it doesn't at all but yeah. um anyway there's a lot more you could go into breaking that argument down but uh you know jesus is above well, he's higher all, than all that yeah and i'll just say god created he designed a a, a church right a body of yeah. believers for a reason so i think the the commands and scripture are more tailored to us, right, <laughs> the body right. of believers who are going out and meeting these needs of those in their community. Yeah, uh, so, you know that's our responsibility. Uh, certainly, we can take scriptural principles and apply them to one political philosophy or the other, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I've heard it said before, kind of like what you're saying that God is above that. I've heard people say, "Don't make God so small that He fits yeah. into a political party." Right? Oh, God yeah. is so much bigger than that. Uh, you know, don't constrain Him to being a Democrat right. or a Republican yeah. because you know. 
he ex- his ways are higher than our ways. Like scripture says, his wisdom uh, is like foolishness to human wisdom because he's so much smarter. Our right. minds are so much are so finite. He's you know he has the full context of all of creation. Uh, so yeah. why should we limit him and say no? I know Jesus is a socialist. I just know it. <laughs> I'm like well. Right. And, I, you know, yeah. I think God is just a whole lot more than, well, he's a socialist or he's a, you know, died in the wool Republican. I yeah. think he's probably not really either. No, no, he's not showing up at either convention and, uh, yeah. you know, and giving a, giving a pep talk. But I'll just encourage you, you know, people out there listening to this, if you want to know how Jesus would fit into the politics of the day and what he would say and who he'd align with, look what happens every time someone questions him in the Bible, like the the Pharisees or... Um, and, and they say, like, yeah. teacher, teacher, what about this? And they're trying they're trying to trap him. He always leaves them dumbfounded and speechless every time. And yeah. and so that's what would happen here. You'd, you wouldn't have Jesus going, you know what? You guys are nailing it. I love your platform. <laughs> he just wouldn't know. That wouldn't happen. You'd get something completely different uh, that would likely leave everyone going, uh, oh, wow, that was uh, not what I expected. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, so don't, don't. Don't try to lower Jesus into our little dumb political <laughs> games. Let's not let's not yeah. do that in 2021. Exactly. Please, please. All right. Well, good to be back together, Trey, for the podcast after vacation, yes. a week and a half of vacations and different places and things of that nature. So we will be back here tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. As always, head on over to CBNnews.com and FaithWire.com. Check out a bunch of stories. Click them, read them, enjoy them, share them, <laughs> do all the all the things. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>